Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com/fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com/fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Are you thinking about buying a rototiller? How about instead purchasing a chipper shredder? Now that's a machine that's going to make easy work of chopping up your garden clippings, including tree limbs. It's going to make it into the greatest mulch you could possibly own. The latest research shows that rototilling your soil actually damages soil structure and doesn't do anything good for the soil biology. On the other hand, the end result of using a chipper shredder is going to provide you with a quality of mulch that we like to call gardener's gold. Also, it's fabulous Fruit Friday here on Garden Basics. Ed Livo of TomorrowsHarvest.com tells us about one of the sweetest pieces of fruit that you can grow at home, the Candy Sprinkles Nectarine. It's episode 51 of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, and we're going to do it all again in under 30 minutes. Let's get started. You've heard me talk about the benefits of mulch for years and years, how piling up arborist tree trimmings for mulch can improve your soil, you have a healthier garden. We're talking with Brad Gay. He owns JB's Power Equipment in Davis, California. What are the benefits of owning your own chipper shredder? The big, the big thing, if you're into gardening or if you're just starting out in gardening or whatever level of gardening you're at, the chipper shredder is going to give you uh, a means of changing the soil quality of your garden and you're going to be able to get rid of stuff that you would maybe put in a container the city or county would pick up or you would have to haul off and you can maintain your yard and get rid of your trimmings your limbs that have fallen down and chipping them up to a size that is used as a mulch or as a top dressing you can any of your trees limbs that have fallen you can have those you can chip those up you can do make your own mulch uh, if you're just even small like for pots just get your you can get mulch and create a good high quality mulch and and i can't think of anything better to accomplish that than a chipper shredder chipper shredders are great especially if you have a lot of trees on your property and you're constantly pruning your trees instead of like you say instead of throwing those branches away chop them shred them just add them to the top of your soil and a four inch layer of mulch on your soil it moderates soil temperature it inhibits weed production as it breaks down it feeds the soil making it richer it's amazing too if you put four inches of mulch or even four inches of shredded leaves on your garden surface over the winter and you go back in the spring, you move it aside, you dig down a few inches, you'll be amazed at the number of earthworms that are saying thank you to you for doing that. And and earthworms well, improve the soil, too. But that's the sign of it. I mean, I've been doing my garden. I've had fortune. I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. And I can go out. I don't have weeds, for one thing, but I can actually go into my soil even, you know, after it's been watered and have had native plants in there i can still take my hand and kind of move it into the soil because it's porous enough that because of the mulch and all the good ingredients have been added to it to amend it to be able to do that it takes a while so 
um, a good chipper shredder is a, is a very good start of getting good quality soil going for you. So let's talk about chipper shredder basics, what people should look for when uh, buying a chipper shredder. Uh, I would, uh, of course, recommend buying it from a, a known entity, some company that you've heard of before that has produced a lawn and garden equipment as opposed to going online and seeing a bunch of names you don't know. But when you're looking at the specs of a chipper shredder, what are the specs you should pay attention to? Well, the big the big one I look at is what's driving your chipper, what's driving the, the shredder parts. There's usually two different entities there that are combined. And one is a, a wheel, typically, that has a cutter blade, uh, probably about four inches long, but it's a, a very hard steel, probably two of them on, on this, what I call a wheel. And then the other part is on the other side of it has a bunch of little like edger blades that are on small half-inch shafts that spin around and they will shred leaves. But the, the chipper part is very important because that wheel that you have on there that's holding those blades, you want that to have some weight because when they have that weight on there, that's what's going to pull the limb in and chop, chop, chop it up. If you notice if you have somebody in your neighborhood or has been around and you'll hear that whirring sound that's going on, they have this huge flywheel that's turning that. That's the chipper, and it has some pretty good-sized blades in there that can eat up like a, a nine-inch limb or something like that. But you can get that same technology as a gardener for your smaller chipper shredder. And I usually recommend about a 40-pound flywheel will be just about a good place to start. And there's you have to, a lot of people you have to look in to see if that entity exists on, on what you're going to buy, and you're not going to get it in your cheaper versions like you say. You'll get something that's labeled a chipper shredder, but you're talking about things that <laughs> I've been there, and believe me, I've had things that have turned my my fingernails black and blue because I'm trying to force a limb through there, through a like I've got a baseball bat hitting against a steel post that just rattles your hand. So you want to get something that's got a big flywheel, 40 pounds plus, and it'll, it'll, it'll help suck those limbs in through with very little effort and, and grind up a hardwood versus a softer wood. does a great job. What size branch, diameter branch, can a 40-pound flywheel handle? Well, depending on what you've got, usually I'm going to say 3-inch. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's 4-inch. I think on our BCS, you can take a 4-inch limb on there. But what's nice is you can take a, a good three, four inch limb, shove it down into the chipper shredder. And I usually get it to where it is to the point where the, now you're having the branches, which, with, which would have leaves or um, smaller limbs. And then when it gets to that point, you can take it out and then pick it up and put it over into your shredder. And then that shredder will go in and take care of the rest of the stuff, the smaller limbs, if there's leaves on there, it'll take care of that as well. And it just turns it into a, a, a fine, finer mulch. And a good chipper shredder, it will actually have plates where that mulch exits through, after it's been chipped, through a grid. And you can, you can put in whatever size you want in there to make those pieces what size you want. Or if you're just doing corn stalks and you just want to reduce, you know, like you grew corn, now you've got to get rid of these stalks when you don't want to throw up in your green waste. Well, you can shred that down 
well, I'd take that grid out just to beat them up to go, you know, you know, so I can actually work it back in there. But they do have grids that you can install and it can make that mulch whatever size you want. It's actually a nice feature. And that's, that's what's pertinent in getting the good soil and mulch that you want for your gardens. You know, you brought up a very good point there and the fact that we, we've been talking about, you know, chipping and shredding tree limbs, but for your vegetable waste in your garden, your corn stalks or even your, your tomato branches, you could put those through a chipper shredder, probably the shredder section. Oh, oh I, I take all my grape. I've got these runners off of my grape. I have a fence that it's a 300 foot fence that goes alongside of my yard and I put it all into grapes and it's all table grapes. So, you know how grapes, I mean, grapes are one of those plants where you can literally watch it grow. So, so you've got these runners that are, you know, 10, 15 feet long. And I'll go grab, I'll just cut those off in the fall, and I'll bring those over and get rid of all of that. And, I mean, you have to make sure when you're, when you're using your super shredder, by the way, if you're doing this, because if you get, you put a bunch of these grape vines that you're sticking in your shredder, it's like sucking spaghetti into your mouth with it. The spaghetti starts spinning around and flipping and everything, except this is a, like a whip. So you kind of have eye protection, hearing protection, long sleeves, leather gloves, so that you don't get smacked. And it gets rid of a lot of stuff you just never thought of before. All your fruit tree trimmings, all the when you go and uh, prune trees for the in the winter to get things ready for your peach trees and apricot trees, all those trimmings you can put through a chipper shredder too. And what you have in piles there will reduce it, jeez, uh, at least 12 to 1 or more. It's amazing what comes out after you do that. I, I would like to reinforce your, your safety comments because anybody who's ever owned a chipper shredder and attempted to throw in uh, some smaller but long branches uh like you might like grape uh branches for example yes they will whip at you because of the friction the sucking action of the shredder that just basically tries to suck it all in and in the meantime you've lost hold of those branches and they start whipping around oh yeah you just let it go i mean it just starts going it's like i got a bunch of whips around so yeah you want to be you just want to protect yourself i would say protect yourself like you're going to go into a beehive you know you don't have to have that big beehive helmet on but you know have eyeglasses on a helmet or a hat or something here i have i wear headphones for my ears just for the noise and all that that it deals with so i protect myself quite well when i go out there well, I, and if you please do wear gloves and take off any jewelry or wristwatches you might have as well. Oh yeah, keep track of your pruning shears too. Oh, God, yes, yes, yeah. Don't <laughs> don't don't keep your eyeglasses in your top breast pocket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's, uh, it, it's uh, follow all safety instructions uh, when you get a chipper shredder. SmartPots are the original award-winning fabric planter. They're sold worldwide. SmartPots are proudly made 100% in the USA. SmartPots are also BPA-free. There's no risk of chemicals leaching into the soil, your herbs, vegetables, and other edibles. That's why organic growers prefer SmartPots. SmartPots' breathable fabric creates a healthy root structure for plants. SmartPots come in a wide array of sizes, and they can be reused year after year. Speaking of the cold weather that's on the way, if a frost or freeze is in the forecast, 
Moving your frost tender plants that are in the smart pots that have handles makes them even easier to move closer to the house for added warmth, or you could even move them inside for the winter. Visit smartpots.com Fred for more information about the complete line of smart pots lightweight fabric containers. It's smart pots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com Fred for more info and that special Farmer Fred discount on your next smart pot purchase. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. Let's get back to our chat with Brad Gay of JB's Power Equipment in Davis. We're discussing chipper shredders. The cost of a chipper shredder is not cheap, but I'd rather see people invest in a chipper shredder than a rototiller. More and more research coming out about rototilling soil is that it does the soil no good at all. You're better off a doing no tilling whatsoever and more and more farmers are going that route as well so take that money that yeah, you m- yeah. might want to spend on a on a rototiller and put it into a chipper shredder w- what is the price range for a decent chipper shredder well they start they start at about uh i'm gonna say about 800 799 bucks as entry level if you get a bear cat and in your and you're in the uh, two inch to three inch chipper shredder range uh, I recommend, I mean, that's, that's, that's light use and that's a good starter and, 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 and certainly will do the job, but it doesn't take care of what the next level is, which is about 1200, a little over 1200, 1269. And it will take on a three inch limb and do everything I've been talking about. And it's something that, you know, I've had my chipper shredder for years. I, I, it's gotta be. 25 years plus and there's you know you just have to maintain it but it's when it's one of those most useful things when you need it and then you don't have to deal with a pile of trimmings and try to get it to the garbage can or get it out of your yard onto the curb if they still do that where you live or have to haul it off somewhere no you can take that and make it into a very useful product that'll benefit your own garden so yeah you know so anyway it starts about 800 bucks and you can go up to, you know, in, in the two to three inch, up to a little over 2,000. Uh, if you go into four inch and higher, then all of a sudden you get into the $3,000 range. Talk a little bit about the different brands that are available. You mentioned Bearcat. I own a BCS, and they are both high-quality chipper shredders. Oh, BCS is an excellent chipper shredder. I, that's what I have. Now, BCS America site, if anybody wants to go into it, that is a great site just to visually see what a chipper shredder can do for you and your garden. I mean, it's amazing. This The gentleman does the video in that. Does uh, He incorporates a lot of stuff in, his, in the mulch and cardboard, for instance. He's taking cardboard, newspaper, um, and then his leaves and limbs and everything else that's been debris that Normally, you would throw in a trash can or, or try to get, you have to get rid of it somehow. So, uh, or leave it in a big pile and let the let rodents get in there and habitate it healthy. But, but the best way is uh, run it through a chipper shredder. Yeah. But that's a very good video. If you can get, if you can just go into that site, BCS America, a very good quality chipper shredder. Uh, Bearcat is very good. We also sell DR, which is Country Homes Products. They offer very good chipper shredders. We have accessibility for Bearcat locally, so people want something that they can actually come in and buy it locally. I can get that 
rapidly. If I have to get DR in, that takes usually seven to 10 days. And BCS takes me about five days to get their stuff. So, but those are all two, those are three of the top names that are out there that I would recommend. When one goes online and sees the array of chipper shredders, uh, they're going to, I think, see the majority of them, unfortunately, are electric powered. I don't know if un- unfortunately is the right word or not, but it just seems to me that a gas powered chipper shredder has more power than something that's powered by 110 volt electric. We used to sell the electric. Uh, this was some years ago. And in Davis, um, there, 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 it was a viable meet because most of the gardens there, you know, relatively small, I would consider. And they were using for table scraps and clippings and leaves and stuff like that. And they worked well, but the problem with it is you had to fit it in a slot to get it to go down into this a chipper shredder contraption. And it's like, it's about the, the orifice. Oh, that slot I'm talking about was the size of about oh, a medium-sized book. You know, it was only like two inches, two and a half inches wide and maybe 12 inches long. <laughs> it was like, so now you're trying to squish things down through this slot to get it in there to work. I've improved it quite a bit better, but I know with gas-powered, a lot of my, a lot of my problems are if you get something in there or you get too much in there and it starts to plug up and then – that you you need to stop it gas power you can shut the engine off but if electric if you if you cause that thing to run and not be you know actually turning over you can cook those motors pretty easily mm. and we found that there was a, a well not a substantial amount of electric failures but it's like a an electric lawnmower if you use electric lawnmower and you're out there trying to cut grass that's 12 inches tall you're slowing that motor down a lot those motors overheat and because you're plugged into the grid it's just just endless energy and those motors are overheat and so I don't give them a real thumbs up on quality I know electric products have really kind of taken over the imagination of most people out there as far as tools and that but I don't think this is money well spent, at least at this point. And yes. with Chipper Shredders, you want to follow all the instructions in the booklet that it comes with. And uh, you mentioned a problem that all Chipper Shredders have, be they electric or gas, is they can sometimes jam up. And yes, very important to turn that motor off as soon as you sense that it is not chipping or shredding. Yeah, you'll lose a belt or you'll cook a motor is what will happen if it's electric. But the belt... You know, for your, because uh, if you lose the belt, now you're done. Now you got to go get a belt, which, you know, we stock belts for what we sell and we have access to them fairly rapidly, but but you're done for the day. You yeah. just don't go down to a hardware store or an or auto parts store and buy another belt. That's just, that's just not going to happen. So it's, uh, you got to stop those things relatively quickly. All right. Chipper Shredder, great investment for making your own mulch from not only tree branches, but your garden, your grapevines, your corn stalks, any sort of woody material uh, can become your mulch uh, in your garden. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah. What it is, I would recommend that. I agree with you about the rototiller and the and the chipper shredder. I would spend the money on the chipper shredder first, and then if you need a rototiller. I use a rototiller, but I've got a pretty good-sized piece of ground, but it's not used as much as I did before. I don't, I don't need to do that as much. 
We've been talking with Brad Gay from JB's Power Equipment in Davis. Chipper Shredders, every gardener should own one. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Good talking to you. If it's Friday, that means it's Fabulous Fruit Friday here on Garden Basics with Farmer Fred. We are highlighting a tasty piece of fruit every Friday, courtesy of Tomorrow's Harvest and Ed Livo, marketing manager, sales manager, fraternity captain out there at Tomorrow's Harvest at Birchall Nursery. Ed, what'd you bring for us to munch on today? Oh my God, do I have a great variety this week. We have the Candy Sprinkles Nectarine. And man, I'm telling you what, they dug this right out of a pile of sugar. It is so sweet and it is incredibly attractive. Deep, deep, deep. I mean, deep. Did I say deep? I mean, deep red skin. I mean, it is incredibly red, but when you open it up, the red radiates into this orange-yellow flesh. The, 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 the flavor is outstanding. I mean, an intense, almost tropical kind of flavor. Very, very unique to the nectarine. And I got to tell you, you know, some of these nectarines that we're going to be talking about, oh, my gosh, they are just to die for. Now, this is actually a late August. It's a late, later ripening uh, variety of nectarine. Um, it's an exclusive from, of course, Tomorrow's Harvest. Boy, I'll tell you, this is, a, this, this is one special piece of fruit. I got to tell you, there's not much out there that will compare to the intensity of the flavor of this fruit, this late season fruit. Um, I, I mean, peach, nectarine, I don't care what you've got in late August. I don't think it's going to stand up to the candy sprinkles nectarine at all, to tell you the truth. Well, it looks like anybody who lives uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line or an, along the West Coast or even along the Atlantic seaboard could grow this. It's uh, for USDA zone six through nine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a widely adapted piece of fruit. You know, the, the big deal about some of these varieties that we're introducing uh, through Tomorrow's Harvest is that they have not been available. They're coming out of the virtual nursery breeding program. All right. Let's talk about planting fruit trees, uh, the fruit trees that uh, we've been talking about. I bet they all like uh, plenty of sun, probably about, what, eight hours of sun a day? You know, at least eight hours of sun. I think if you're really expecting to get good, high-sugared fruit, you know, that's really the minimum is eight hours worth of sun. And I prefer the morning sun because the morning sun is a drying sun. You know, it helps to ward off a lot of bacterial fungal diseases that uh, could creep up and cause you problems in the early spring. Um, so I like that morning sun. And um, if that's got eight hours hours of sun with that morning sun, you've got a real favorable location. What sort of soil do fruit trees generally like? Good drainage, man. They want the best drainage. So, you know, I mean, I'm always looking for that spot that, um, you know, I know is going to um, not have standing water during the wintertime specifically. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that even in the worst draining soils, you can still grow fruit trees. And that's if you elevate the uh, planting, you know, either by a mound, a good high mound, probably 24 inches above the soil line and or 
a raised bed. Um, and that's just, of course, can be made out of two by 12 redwood. What are the minimum dimensions of a raised bed for a fruit tree like this? Uh, three by three is typically what I recommend. Uh, you really are just trying to get a portion of that root zone above the soil line. So no matter how wet it gets at the lay of the land where the soil line is, no matter how wet it gets, there's a portion of that root system that's established above the soil line so that it gets oxygen even when the soil the soil is, is saturated. Um, it's almost like having a snorkel to your root system. Well, and you mentioned something very important, and I think many people are guilty of planting trees too deeply. And you want to, uh, when you plant a fruit tree, you want to be able to see that bud union sticking up maybe an inch or two above the soil line after you plant it. Yep, that's a fact. And the bud union, of course, is where the tree has been budded on to the rootstock. Uh, probably a simple way to do that when you're planting a bare root tree is to just say the topmost root, you know, if you go, say, three to four inches above that, that's typically a safe place to have your soil line. Um, and if you're planting, of course, a tree in a container, then I always recommend don't plant any deeper than the soil line that exists in the container uh, when you purchase it. And I bet you would probably advise, too, against spending all your money on fancy soil because that tree is going to spend very little time in fancy soil. Correct. Yeah. Put your amendments on the surface. I'm more into mulching and, and composting the surface. Um, your, your native soil, you get take the opportunity to plant it in the native soil because it's going to have to live in the native soil for years. If it doesn't survive in the native soil, then maybe you need a soil test. That could be one thing. But I think in the interim, you know, if you've had problems with growing things um, in your yard in the past, a soil test is always warranted. Then, then, then you may want to include something in the soil to get it started. But uh, ultimately, the root system is going to want to grow out into that native soil. So I want to make sure that um, I'm growing in the native soil because it's going to be in that soil for its entire life. And if you have a sweet tooth, maybe that first tree you plant correctly is the candy sprinkles nectarine. Boy, I would hope so. And if you want more information about the Candy Sprinkles Nectarine or that excellent fruit tree we talked about last week, the Scarlet Halo Peach, visit the website tomorrowsharvest.com and you'll find many other nutritious and delicious fruit and nut varieties there. You're going to hear about some very tasty fruits here on Fabulous Fruit Friday on the Garden Basics Podcast. Always a pleasure to talk with Ed Livo from Tomorrow's Harvest. Ed, thanks so much. Hey, Fred, always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. If you're a gardener, this time of year is great. Fall is for planting. The air's cooler than summer. The soil is warmer than spring. It's the ideal conditions for getting your home orchard started with the outstanding fruit and nut trees, as well as berry plants, from tomorrow's harvest. And that includes the flavorful and productive Candy Sprinkles Nectarine, a Tomorrow's Harvest exclusive. Tomorrow's Harvest fine line of fruit trees is the result of 75 years of developing, testing, and growing. Three generations of the Birchall family have been at the forefront of research and development of plants of the highest quality, and all of these beautiful edible plants have been carefully cultivated for your home garden. Look for Tomorrow's Harvest fruit trees at better retail nurseries. But if your favorite nursery doesn't carry the candy sprinkles, nectarine, or any of Tomorrow's Harvest other fruit, nut, and berry varieties, you can order them directly from tomorrowsharvest.com. 
Let the Birchall family's three generations of experience take root in your home orchard, landscape, and garden. Tomorrow's harvest, it's goodness you can grow. To find out more about the Candy Sprinkles Nectarine and many other nutritious and delicious fruit and nut varieties, visit tomorrowsharvest.com. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and it's available just about anywhere podcasts are handed out, and that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, hey Alexa, play the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, would you please? Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. We appreciate it.